You're listening to the Paranormal Patio Podcast. Pull up a chair. Paranormal Patio. As always, I'm Jason, but I'm not the only Jason in the studio tonight because I've got a no. cool, awesome person, uh, my new tattoo artist, I've decided, you know, so Jason Joyce, Hollow Earth enthusiast and caver, welcome to What's Paranormal up? Patio, buddy. How are you? Oh, thank you. Glad to be here. I'm glad to have you. I'm really anxious and uh, excited to talk about some Hollow Earth stuff because this isn't something that comes up an awful lot. We were just chatting yeah. a little bit ago about how no one really talks about Hollow Earth. Like, there's a few people in my circles that kind of do, but unfortunately, there's a lot more flat earthers, I think, out there. Than there are oh my God, flat Earth. It's a nightmare. You know, what, what's your opinion on the flat Earth thing? Because I'll, I'll tell you mine. And I think, I think that it's just a big big scam you know it's misdirection it's let's just group this flat earth with all these other conspiracies and then everybody will think that everybody's a whack job mm, that's, that's deep. what i think that's not bad that's yeah i haven't considered that think about how easy it is just to to make information and put it on the internet and you know you could have website after website after website proving this and that and i don't know i just i think that a flat earth thing that's a huge cover-up i mean how many pilots we got to have in on this everybody that's ever been up in the air everybody that's an astronaut and i don't want to go too far into that subject but moon landing i feel the same way about i feel that that was a deliberate hoax i feel that we landed on the moon but they created the hoax to make us think that it's all bullshit hmm if you were going to make a hoax video, like you see all these astronauts there, you know, they're in the ship supposedly, but oh, you see a string or a wire or something's not right, right? Yeah. But if you're going to make a hoax video, don't you think you're going to edit it? Yeah. And be like, oh, maybe, maybe we shouldn't put this in there. But if you make a video that's clearly a hoax and you've got shit out in space that you want to keep everybody hush about, you know, make them think it's all bullshit. Make them it, think it's all fake. That's just my take on it, but I think that uh well, I mean it's been I think it's been proven at this point that a lot of the footage that was shown, you know, during the Apollo missions was footage that was created on Earth as part of their training. And yeah, you know, I they're giving that out like I mean, it's the real deal, but it's not. You know, what it was back there and in the forties and fifties and sixties is not what it is in two thousand twenty. Yeah. You know, back then they very well could have just faked it just to appease the public doesn't mean that they weren't up there and there's just way too many moving parts in the whole thing to cover everything up and there's way too many people that have written their memoirs and have died since then and uh i don't know uh, but i like i said i don't want to get off track here because i really want to get into the whole hollow earth well before we get too far deep into the hollowness of is the earth below our feet um <laughs> Give uh, my listeners a little bit of background about you, uh, especially I'd like to hear sure. about your caving stuff, too, for sure. Just to let everybody know, I am not a scientist. I am not a credited professional. Uh, I draw on people, and I talk about weird shit. That's what I like to do. I like to read about weird shit, and, you know, I keep an open mind about everything, you know. Uh, I do caving. Uh, I love all things subterranean. You know, a lot of times people are so fixated on, you know, space and everything because space is so vast, but you rarely stop to think about what the fuck is underneath of us, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, if you consider the Earth roughly, what is it, close to 8,000 miles in diameter, that's 8,000 miles that separates one side from the other. That's a lot of space. You know, when we're caving, we rarely go a mile down, you know, and we're talking like subterraneans. I mean, there's there's two 
classes, there's inner earth, and then there's the hollow earth. This is this is Scooter here. He's going to interrupt me as much as possible. <laughs> Man, I think it's a tie right now between dogs and cats from guests that are, are yeah. in the background. <laughs> he wants attention. He wants so attention. bring it up. For He's school. got stuff to say about hollow earth and... No, just gotta get one. Lead singer of my favorite band, Cold. His name is Scooter, Scooter Ward. And, uh, it's perfect. It's just another yep. awesome coincidence for us, man. Um, uh, his <laughs> like... full name is, uh, Scooter Magooter. That's his <laughs> full name. I'd like to talk about your caving before we start talking about, you know, uh, some weirder stuff. What brought you yep. into, into caving? What got you into the idea? And when did you start? Well, um, I live in Kentucky, so, you know, Kentucky is just riddled with caves. We used to go caving back in my younger days, and we'd have flashlights, extra batteries, and maybe rope. So we're a bunch of idiots in caves. And it's just something about once you get down there, turn off all the lights and you're in complete darkness. And I mean, you are tracking through places that, you know, maybe somebody's never been before. The more I started reading about uh, Inner Earth, Hollow Earth, you know, the Agarthian Networks, all that kind of stuff, it really just revamped my interest in caving again. I uh, joined the Louisville Grotto, uh, which is awesome. Uh, and we go on all kinds of caving trips, and but it's all legit. It's hard hats, you know, safety gear, which is not what we did, like, you know, when I was younger. But, uh, <laughs> I think we can all relate to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah I've, I've banged my head on a cave wall before, you know, just getting up and not realizing it was that close. And those ceilings do not get. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely not. Um, <laughs> how far deep have you been into the earth, do you think? I'd say, hard to say, maybe like a few hundred feet, maybe. Oh, wow. You know, and even some of the uh, expeditions that take place where they do a lot of rappelling, you know, they go even like further. And it's still just a fraction of, you know, what is actually down there. What would you say your favorite place to, that you've been is as far as caving? You know, there was some cool caves we went through. And it's always cool when you have to squeeze through this tiny, tiny hole. And then it just opens up into like these massive caverns with all kinds of formations and uh, things like that, and you can it. It just feels like you're almost stepping back in time, you know. And at the uh, at the Louisville Grotto uh, retreat, uh, they've got all kinds of caves on site. But I, I've been in caves to where we had to crawl through actual like dumps, like sinkholes, and uh, just to get through the opening. And we'd find a hole that would snake different ways, and it would open up into this gigantic shaft that just went straight down and we couldn't see the bottom and it, it imagine a shaft that went down and there's these like flat rock plates that are just almost like stepping stones and when you stepped on it you could feel just how thick those things were and we ran out of rope so we couldn't go any further oh, wow you know there's you just never know just never know what you're gonna experience down there and something i always bring is a compass and the reasoning is because they say that if you ever stumble upon a hidden entrance, your compass will start to spin. And it's because of something, I don't know, maybe electromagnetic. I don't know. But I've read this repeatedly about just entrances to the nether realms. Oh, yeah. Now we're yeah. talking. Have you had any like weird experiences or strange encounters when you're deep underground? No. But I'm, I'm like, if we're in a group setting, I'm the one guy that's looking for that. I'm the one guy that's looking over my shoulders like, no, no, there's nothing in the dark peering back at me. No, no. Uh, <laughs> I'd be the one guy that was actually prepared for the situation. Yeah. Have you found any cool artifacts while you've been caving? You know, stuff like uh, shark's tooths. We found embedded shark's tooths inside of rock. You know, so, I mean, that's pretty much like the coolest thing. You know, we. Oh, yeah. I haven't really, you know, you find cool rocks, you know, stuff like that. But a lot of these caves that I have been in, you know, people have trekked through them. So it's not a whole lot of just like fresh, new, undiscovered places. Cause it's kind of nerve wracking when you're tracking into uncharted territory and you're like, well, I'm going to squeeze in this hole and see where it goes. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not not for the claustrophobic. It could, Definitely. you know, you never really know. That could be the last hole you squeeze through, man. Like, you don't know what's on the other yeah. side. That's. I've know. always thought of, you know, what if you fell down and you couldn't get up? Would you keep going down? If the hole just kept going down and you couldn't get back up, would you just say, fuck it and just keep going down and see where it goes? What do you think you'd do? Would you do it? Oh, man. I don't know. I'd, pro- I'd, I'd say probably I'd do my best to get the fuck out of the hole. But. <laughs> what good is finding it if you can't tell anybody about it, right? Right. Yeah. I had an idea of, you know, taking, uh, I guess, like live broadcasting, something like that. And then I guess you would take uh, maybe like routers or something toward something where you could keep a signal all the way down there, you know, and it would just relay from wi-fi to wi-fi or whatever you know i i'm not like super technological you know so i wouldn't know how to do it but you know the idea is there yeah no i mean you probably have to hard cable that in like you could it'd be fairly straightforward to you know just tie the end of the cable to you and and as you go when you get to the place where you're stopping then you could you know make the connection and yeah but yeah that'd be really cool and just have like a camera down there for you know days and days and days just to see that's really interesting i'd love well, to watch that we do uh caving campouts where you know you spend the night in a cave and that's trippy because there is no daylight so yeah you know how does your body know when to wake up and when to go to sleep yeah i just read a study uh a couple of days ago about this group that lived in a cave for like i want to say it was it was several months it might have even been over a year but they naturally developed a 48 hour cycle. They would, some of them would even sleep for like 36 hours. So it was just like you take your normal day and you just double it. And like everything you would do in that day, you would double that. It would just stay the same, you know, ratio wise. But I can't imagine just no light for that long. I mean, I've been, I've been into some touristy caves and I've been into a few easy caves. I mean, I'm a big guy. I'm not a caver. I'm not trained i'm not specialized in any of this stuff but i am fascinated by it and i can't imagine being in a cave for like a year you know i don't know if i could handle it i think i might freak out well there was that story about that uh, guy that got stuck i don't know if you heard about that i don't know if it was in kentucky he got stuck upside down he got wedged in and uh they couldn't get him out he died and uh they had to leave him there they couldn't get his body out because wow. it was wedged in this hole. So there's a lot of, you know, dangers. Uh, so you really have to kind of be prepared for everything. Yeah. You know, mentally and physically. Have you had any close calls yourself or been in a group where there was a close call? Uh, no, I was in a cave once where, uh, I was, I was doing this army crawl and I had to situate myself a certain way and my knee freaking popped out of socket. That scared the shit out of me. And I, I, you know, I was able to pop it back in and, uh, alert the group. And I'm like, no, I'm thinking I'm okay. I don't think you're going to have to, you know, drag me out of here. But, uh, they keep like re- cave rescue, uh, people on standby. Like, they all know when cave groups go out and when they should be returning. Yeah. Wow. Scooter crazy over here. <laughs> One more caving question before we go deeper. What would be your dream cave to go to? And- Hear that? <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> so I'd say like there's some really cool uh, caves out in Vietnam, there's like a massive cave out there and you can do one of two different types. You know, you could do the experience one. And I think it would be really cool just to go to another country and uh, see a cave or maybe go out West and, you know, get into some caves, maybe stumble upon some crazy entrances. There's a lot of uh, crazy stuff that happens out there. You know, Uh, that's where the uh, supposed city of uh, Telos lies, where the ancient Lemurians retreated into the mountain. There was actually an archaeologist that claimed to have found an entrance, all these artifacts and stuff in there. And then he started a, he came back and he wanted to get a group together to go and do it officially and document it. Well, day before he's supposed to leave, he's talking to his buddy, confirms everything. And that was the last time I seen him. 
Wow. Disappeared from the face of the earth. That's interesting. So, Where was that at? Uh, Mount Shasta, California. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's mm-hmm. a weird place anyway, right? I mean, I, I've talked to uh, Robin Valentine in season two of Paranormal Patio. You can go back and find that one. And she, at the time, was living near Mount Shasta, I believe. And uh, we talked about it a little bit. And she had had a like a UFO type experience there. And man, yeah, that's one of those. It's one of those places, man. It's one of those window areas, right? Of high strangeness. Oh, yeah. But it's also yeah. like a touristy one too, which is fun. They kind of have embraced it, you know. Like the town itself is sort of touristy. Oh, I imagine. Yeah, I guarantee. You know, but it's cool somebody's because- got to make money off of it. Oh right? yeah. It's cool though because it's there's all these stories and and you know weirdness. It's kind of like Point Pleasant and the Mothman. You know, there's a Mothman uh-huh. museum. There's oh, a Mothman yeah. Check it out, man. Hell yeah, Mothman shirt for the win. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what shirt I'm wearing. It might be cool. Oh, I'm wearing a uh, International Paranormal Museum Research Center shirt from nice. uh, Somerset. Yeah, you know, not too that far weird. from you, Somerset. Yeah, mm, a lot of weird shit going on there too. A lot of weirds and some great people, man. Some really great people. Have you been down there yet? I know we talked about this. No. Whenever was- I've um, I've been trying to get a uh, actually a caving trip going on down there. Uh, some people I know know some caves down there. Uh, so you know maybe we'll uh, stumble upon some cabins with some uh, you know secret entrances. tell you what man i'll hit you up next time i'm going you know maybe just go and just hang out yeah man i'd I'd definitely ride down with you yeah i could i mean you're on the way i'll just stop on the way and pick you up so what do you think the fascination with inner earth and hollow earth and all these alternative theories where do you think that comes from for you where do you think you get that that inspiration from that's the that's a good question because there's definitely something there. There's definitely something that just grabs me and keeps my attention. And the first thing that ever really kind of reeled me in was Admiral uh, Richard Byrd. Yeah. Everybody knows about Byrd and his flights in, you know, the 19, what was it, 1927 and, and then 1947. So his testimony really kind of reeled me in because here you have this accredited admiral you know, recipient of multiple awards. And he comes up with this crazy story about flying in from an Arctic zone into a jungle zone, seeing woolly mammoths, having his plane basically landed for him. He met with Nordic looking giants and they took him to see their master or underground king. So he's got this crazy story, you know, and a lot of it he tells on his deathbed. You know, he kept those secrets out of respect for the military. But to tell this crazy story and to leave that as your, you know, that's that's on his name. That's on his family, you know. Mm-hmm. You've really got to believe it. You really have to, you know. And that's, that's where a lot of really cool stories come from is people on their dying deathbed and they're, they're not making these stories up. They're fucking spilling their guts. Yeah. Yeah. Cause why would you lie? You have nothing to gain right. from it. Exactly. So that just allowed me, that caused me to push forward and to really kind of research and look at things in a different way. Give it a little bit more credit. You know, you know, you have the story as at the Dorpa. Mm-hmm. Which is not made. It's it's not told as fiction. It's told as a testament. What happened to what was his name? Uh, was it Morgan? Yeah, William Morgan. The same thing with uh, the Smoky God. You know, and Olaf Jensen. That was not told as fiction. It was his last dying. You know, memories, and he wanted to get that out, but he didn't want anybody to know about it until he was dead because he had spent what was it like like seventeen years. Or something other in an insane asylum just for talking about that. Yeah. I, I totally believe that lies and truth are frequencies and they're tonals and that we as human beings can distinguish between right and wrong or truth and lies if we just trust our inner inner instinct. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I agree. hundred percent. There's something to intuition. And, you know, a lot of people will poo-poo all over it. <laughs> all day long oh yeah you know but that's, that's what else do you have to go by you're naked and afraid in the woods <laughs> <You know? laughs> what else you gotta go by yeah i'm all in on it because it's you know i've seen it myself you know in my own life so can you come down please this is wrestlemania up in here <laughs> okay let's let's get into some to some hollow earth stuff do you think 
people that have been to these places, do you think they were physically in these places? Or do you think there is some non-physical aspect to these interactions and these visits? People have, like, theorized that, that you know, it could all just be, like, a, a mind portal or something like that. I I actually think this is their physical places uh, with inside the Earth. And, I mean, for uh, those who don't understand what the whole theory is, can sum it up real quick. The idea of the hollow earth, basically you have an internal energy source that creates a bubble and the idea of gravity is that the further down you go, like into the earth, the gravity actually gets less and less. Correct. So at some point you will have zero gravity and then it basically mirrors itself to where everything is pulled to the surface and if you are on the inside of the dome, everything is pulled inward. So it, it would feel like if, if you were on a ship sailing north and you sailed into the dome, it would be like you're sailing straight the whole time because gravity would remain constant the whole time. I don't know if this, that makes sense. Yeah. But there have been, there have actually been experiments uh, done to where they have tested gravity and the further down it goes, it gets less and less and less. So imagine gravity as a push from space. And it's penetrating the Earth, and it's getting less and less and less until you reach that zero point. And it's that same thing that you, we see in Edidorpa. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was going to bring the up. The further down they go, gravity is less and less, and they expend less energy. If you could picture like a basketball, you know, on the inside of a basketball and the outside of the basketball. Uh, and that's and that's pretty much the whole idea is that, you know, you have the northern opening, the southern opening, and the central sun. And, you know, there have been all kinds of expeditions trying to prove this shit either right or wrong. You know, I mean, that's I think that's all anybody wants is proof that it exists or it doesn't exist. Yeah. In the you know, but every attempt is met with some kind of resistance. Either money falls through, people end up disappearing or whatever. You know, it's a big secret. And. The reason I believe it's a big secret is because I believe that's where life on Earth pretty much started. And you have civilizations that live there that are technologically more advanced. And the last thing they want is for people on the surface coming in and fucking up their shit. <laughs> I mean, we ain't doing too good of a job no, we're on really the not. surface. You think they just like, yeah, come on down, you know? Bring Starbucks and Pepsi and Pizza Hut and all that yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. Have you thought about the idea that we are like a penal colony here on the surface? Have you thought about, like, years and years and decades and eons ago, we were cast out from the inner Earth mm -hmm. for some reason, whatever yeah. that reason might be. And, you know, we're the, we were the troublemakers, right? And yeah, we're, we're the, uh, the test subjects, you know? They designed some DNA and cooked it up and, you know, well, let's figure out what's going on. And which, uh, I think that's a, a plausible idea. You know, uh, why the fuck they're letting us, uh, just destroy the fucking world. I don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Maybe. I, don't, I don't think humanity is doing, uh, too good of a job, you know, with, with the planet. Maybe our actions can't really affect them. So they're just letting it play out. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, what kind of scale are they looking at it on, too? You know, I, when you look at things on a global scale, you know, we're just a bunch of ants running around, mm -hmm. building shit, consuming, fighting. You know, human, being, human beings are basically the ants of the world, you know? I think I'm in a little bit different of camp as you, and it could be both, but I, I think mm -hmm. there's a lot to the non-physical aspect of this place. And maybe it is both. Maybe you can physically go there, and you also have the power to be mentally or energetically or your soul or however you want to put it like can be there mm -hmm. while your body remains here you know it's not unlike alien encounters and abductions where people say they're taken to venus well you know that they aren't taken to venus their body would you know burn up and explode and they'd be a pile of ash but it doesn't discount the conversations that they have while they're there or the experience mm -hmm. that they have and clearly that to me is a non-physical abduction like and i think astral projection 
out yeah, of possibly. body type sure. stuff. Yeah. yeah. So I think Absolutely. that could be true yes, of a definitely. lot of this weird stuff, not just, you know, places, but, you know, contact with other creatures and things like maybe, maybe Bigfoot is a non-physical encounter when you have a big, there, there are some people that think that uh, Bigfoot's guarding a lot of the entrances and that a uh, Bigfoot is interdimensional. Sure. You know, uh, uh, there's a, a lot of talk these days about 5d, you know, 5d, uh, living, I don't, you know, an existence of 5d, uh, I don't exactly understand it, but I do feel that there are probably different levels of existence, you know, not just the one we're here, you know, there, and it's, everything's just layered on itself. There was, uh, are you familiar with this, uh, channeler? His name is Bashar. Yeah. Well, there was uh, a specific question that was asked to him about uh, Hollow Earth. And he said that no, Hollow Earth does not exist, that people are going into portals. They're transporting somewhere else. So when I look at things, you know, I it could all be bullshit. I don't know. Yeah. You know, I it's something that I, I really do believe in, but... I also think that let's say this guy is channeling an extraterrestrial entity that, you know, uh, is overseeing earth or whatever. I think that's one of those things that, you know, you've got to lie about and you've just got to say, no, it doesn't exist because the moment you just validate it, you know, you're going to have just floodgates trying to get in. And honestly, like, I I believe that it is like uh, it's the origin of Eden, the uh, from the stories in in the Bible that that's where it all originated. And one of the things that led me to believe that was uh, the Smoky God. Yeah, that's what I was going to bring up. So when Olaf, who was you know he believed in Thor and Odin and all this Norse mythology. But when he tells the story about how he was there with his father and they took him to the capital city, he called it Eden. You know, if he was making something up, why wouldn't he use some type of city name from his lore? Yeah. Because his, you know, his beliefs were that was the land beyond the north where the gods dwelled. But he, you know, they went in, they found giants, and they took them to the city of Eden, which coincidentally he named four rivers that met into Eden. And those four was like the Euphrates, Tyson, Hedekel, and something else. But they were the exact ones that were described in the Bible. Now, why would he verbatim take from the Bible? Uh, I don't know. Maybe he was a born-again Christian when he was, he was 90 years old. I don't know. But that was the story he told. You know, he told something that matched this other book. Uh, that's something I love doing is reading this and then reading that and making connections, seeing like, well, you know, that's it's funny, uh, funny little coincidences and uh, synchronicities and all yeah. that shit, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. I I mm, I want to believe that this Hollow Earth idea is legitimate, and I've read a lot about it. Obviously, I mean, I've. I'm just finishing work on my documentary where I was, you know, hiking around Kentucky trying to get into these Edorpa locations that are mentioned in the book. You know, like mm-hmm. I'm all in on the theory as far as like I love it. You know what I mean? But can I can I sit here and say, man, I really think the Earth is hollow? I just I I don't know if I can. I really want to. I I think this this wall of the non physical aspect to me. It just makes it, it's like a happy medium. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't have to go all in if I can just lean back on that wall and say, well, these people are having experiences in these places, but I don't think their bodies are going there. But right. if I was presented with an entrance to Agartha and I walked in and there it was, like I wouldn't deny it and I wouldn't think that i must be going insane like i'd be like all right i'll you know right. i'll take it if you if you your mind was transported i mean you have what you're experiencing and that's what you have you know maybe you don't even know that you're outside of your body sure so i mean very i mean very well um and there's a there's a lot of things that 
do kind of support the idea of an inner energy source and the openings. And that's, that's the, the main things that, you know, want to be proven and disproven that there is or is not an opening. There's a lot of things that would lead us to believe that there is an opening. Uh, one thing is, uh, something that we see up north is herds of animals, flocks of birds that migrate north for the winter, not south. If there's an energy source that is higher, you know, they're going to go that way. Uh, in the, uh, the flight by bird, when he talks about getting to a certain level that the temperature changed to about 70, uh, you know, you're going from Arctic temperatures to 70 degrees. The, uh, the aurora lights, the aurora borealis and aurora australis. We know what's going on and what's, how it's, you know, uh, the lights are manifesting. It has something to do with the atoms that are being energized in the air. The only thing we don't know is where the energy is coming from because you have these solar winds that do come from our sun that we do know of, but our, the electromagnetic field deflects all that. So. But if you had an energy source that is within and emanating out and the bottom, you're going to have the northern and the southern. And what's what's crazy is that almost every planet that we photographed has the same lights, the same spots on the northern and the southern hemispheres. Mm. So it's very possible that every planet is hollow. Every sun is hollow, even the moons. And if you... You think about how nature just duplicates itself on a micro scale and a macro scale. And you see the same patterns repeating themselves over and over. And you know, you have a nucleus, you know, and then you have the outer shell of the nucleus. And mm-hmm. uh, it's, you know, how do we not know that that's how an actual planet is formed? Sure. Sure. I don't know. Other things to consider is, um, Satellites that are put into orbit are, are tracked. So like if you have, like say this is, this is a planet and you have a satellite that's going to go all the way around and then it's going to shift and go around again so that at some point it covers every area of the globe. Right. Right. Except this one hole that the satellites do not go. And what it does is it goes around this hole. So you can see the track of the satellites except this little hole because in the 60s when they were actually putting up satellites, when they would put them up over the northern pole area, they would disappear. They would be sucked into the planet Mm. and just disappear. Now, there have been uh, reported, like, there is a reported satellite in the center, and that satellite is not ours. That satellite is made of rock. It is a, I don't know if it's a piece of rock, but I believe that it's an internal satellite. Other things like, uh, like airline flights, you know, those are no fly zones. Why the fuck is that a no fly zone? Right. Why wouldn't you go shortest distance from A to B? Why would you go around this just to get to this point? Uh, there are no fly zones in Antarctica as well as the northern areas. Uh, and there are examples of pilots who have witnessed this stuff. Now, if you want to keep your pilot's license, you're probably going to keep your mouth shut. And the shit goes deep. Uh, there was a story about a, uh, a pilot in Antarctica. A worker or a scientist was injured and he had to get this guy to a hospital, which was on the other side of the island. And he was not allowed to fly straight across. He had to go around the coast. Well, he said, fuck that. This guy's going to die if I don't. So he goes straight across and reported seeing a massive hole. And when he got the guy there, who was he approached by? Men in black. Yeah. Saying, you did not see what you think you saw. Hmm. A lot of fucking cover-ups. Yeah. And what I find interesting about that type of stuff is you have all these stories about things coming in and going out that come from stories not about hollow earth. Prime example, we kicked off Hair Raising Horror Week this year with an interview, a live stream with Dockside Media, a couple of guys who have been making some really terrific documentaries. We were talking about their latest one, which is uh, mostly revolves around the intelligence community covering up UFOs. 
and and what's really going on with all of that. And one of the stories that was brought up by one of the people being interviewed was he was a radar guy and he was spying on the Russians and he was seeing what they were looking into. And he said that he found evidence of Russians looking at these orbs that were coming out of the Arctic and coming into Russia. And they were studying these things and trying to figure out where they were coming from, what they were doing, all that stuff. Now, none of that was about the hollow earth. But as soon as they said there's these orbs coming out of the Arctic into Russia, I'm like, well, if there's a big hole up there, they could be coming from that. You know what I mean? So there's all these anecdotal lines of string on the map, right, where these things come up over and over again. And it's like you said, there's just too much overlap. And you can go and and look at one side and look at the other and find those connections. And when it's stories that aren't about the hollow earth that are essentially giving evidence to the theory, it's really fascinating to me. Yeah. You know, a lot of uh, UFO sightings are typically tracked north to south. Do you think there's a correlation between UFOs moving in straight lines and kind of let's go into your caving background. You have, you know, you want to be able to turn the easiest way possible. So you have the ropes tied to you and stuff, right? Like you're following that line. When you come back, you're following a straight line as much as possible. Do you think that if you were exploring the inner earth, you would do the same thing? Would you try to stay in a straight line to make sure you could get back out? Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, something to think about, too. Maybe they're uh, just as curious about us as we are about them. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think that, you know, uh, one reason, like, they haven't, you know, come forward and just really made themselves known is that maybe hope that humanity can just dig itself up out of this hole and, you know, figure this shit out on their own. I don't have a lot of faith in that. (laughs) Not right now. I tell you, man. Not right now. I tell you, if you if you watch the news, you, you're not going to have faith at all. You know, if you watch mainstream like news, you're you're gonna have no faith in humanity. But there there still are good people out there doing the right thing and you know oh, leading us down the the crazy path. And you know, we all need to kind of look in, into ourselves a little bit more, realize the capabilities of you know human beings and what we're actually capable of. You know, that's that's a whole other episode there <laughs> you know i've had a few episodes like that <laughs> i love when it when the philosophy pops up when you're talking about ufos or you're talking about ghosts or you're talking about bigfoot or whatever and then all of a sudden you're in a philosophical conversation about existence and you, yeah. <laughs> you're like this isn't what i signed up for but i'm here for it <laughs> you know it happens it does happen no but you're right there's a lot of good people that are trying to uh you know correct our mistakes but unfortunately people are so stubborn and set in their ways and they would rather fight and argue than, you know, accomplish anything. They would rather be right, even if it means yeah. dying on a hill, than doing the right thing. And that's a big problem that we have. And I don't know that. Oh, yeah. People get it in their mind of this is what it is. And I've already invested all my belief and faith in this, so I can't go back. And that's the biggest thing when delving into just all these quote unquote conspiracies is that, you know, you have to realize that we've all been lied to all our lives. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and typically, when you see stuff being covered up and taken away and fact checked, you can pretty much, uh, you know, you can accept that it's probably true. Sure. Yeah. You know, we've talked a lot about the, in quotations, they, you know, the people that are, you know, possibly ex- in existence under our feet. But giants. a lot of giants, sure. <laughs> but a lot of the things that we've talked about, especially you've alluded to with, you know, higher levels of technology and sophistication and things like that, it keeps calling me back to the Shaver mystery, man. Like uh, the Darrow and the Tarot and the whole Richard Shaver, Ray Palmer, amazing stories, you know, stuff back in the 40s, I think. Apparently, it's very common for people with schizophrenia to believe that they're being mind controlled by remote entities. But it's also well-known that being on high amounts of LSD is virtually the same as being schizophrenic on an MRI. At the same time, people take LSD and other hallucinogens. They feel like they're really connected with reality or they are interacting with reality on a much deeper level. So if interacting with reality on a deeper level is the same thing as being schizophrenic, are we putting way too much 
negative emphasis on mental health in that particular aspect. Absolutely. Are these people actually picking up on the, these signals that we're all missing because we don't have, mm -hmm. you know, this going yeah. on? We put too much into labels. You know, we label someone as schizophrenia and we're going to treat it with medication. But, you know, I mean, what are these people really experiencing? And I think that, yeah, they've just opened up things in their brain that some people are, they're at more, a lower frequency, a lower vibration, and they're not experiencing things. You know, uh, some people got it. Some people don't. Uh, me personally, I probably don't. <laughs> you know, but you know, I just, yeah, I think that some people are just, uh, they're just opened up a little bit more. Sure. Since you haven't been diagnosed with schizophrenia and you haven't, I haven't been diagnosed at all. <laughs> and you haven't had any, um, you know, really strange encounters while caving. Have you had any strange encounters on the surface level of the world? You know, there's, there's acid trips that I guess I could talk about, but you know, <laughs> um, subjective. You know, subjective. I've never, I've never seen any type of like apparitions. You know, as far as that ghost, I've kind of experienced it. Like, you know, I've seen videos and pictures that, you know, you know, you, uh, legitimately could not have been doctored because I had the actual picture. I had the actual videotape. There's no faking that. So we know that there is something else there. And, you know, I think a lot of times that just because we can't see something and something happens, we think it's just a, it's a ghost or it's a spirit. But it could very well be just some type of being, some type of person that can move between frequencies and is invisible to our eyes. You know, I mean, a lot of Bigfoot sightings end in the creature walking away and shrinking down to an orb. You know, many people have said that. And then shortly followed by UFO sightings, you know, who knows? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I've been in the thick of that. Like uh, I've had the experience of looking for Bigfoot in a Bigfoot area and seeing a ball of light that moved independently uh, oh, and shit. thought it was someone with a flashlight coming from my car because we were out in the out in the boonies. And so we like ran over and it was gone and we came back to where we were and then we saw a UFO. So like it is absolutely something that happens, you know. And we heard these big crashes before, you know, before the light. So, man, maybe we, you know, we did interact with, you know, whatever it is, you know, that night, just because there were so many different things that happened in the exact same place and the exact same, like, time frame. It's pretty wild. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You get out in the woods by yourself. <laughs> Comes alive. <laughs> now, I've, yeah. I've seen UFOs. And when I say a UFO, it's just, you know, lights in the sky that I can't identify. Right. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a UFO until you identify it. Then it's an FO. And then when it lands, <laughs> it's just, it's just snow, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that a lot. That's fun. That's a lot of fun. But you know, I have been out just like gazing at the stars and asked to see a UFO and lo and behold, I'm, you know, but doesn't mean anything because, you know, I'm down here, that light or whatever it is is up there. Do you you think know, and maybe... It's the same thing with hollow earth. You know, the hollow earth bears no real significance on my life, whether it's true or is not true, but I, I still like to talk about it and hear people's thoughts about it. And it's good to stretch the mind when it comes to weird stuff. Do you think it's possible that, all these things that we encounter in our lives, UFOs, ghosts, creatures from subterranean networks deep within. Do you think all that could possibly just be coming from our minds? Like that we are projecting these things into our physical reality and our physical space. Yeah, like you just said, you want to see, you, know, you want to see a UFO. So you ask for one and one appears, man. Right? Like, right. what do you think about that? Do you think that that's a possibility? Well, I, I believe that we're all connected. And that, that can be proven that we are all connected in some way. And uh, I, I follow the law of one and that we are all connected consciousnesses. Yeah, I mean, you sometimes you just have to speak things into existence and they will manifest. And we could look at that and say, we're all in the fucking matrix and it's all a computer program. But, you know, what is everything but 
know, computer is just a word, just like schizophrenia, you know, life could be interpreted as a computer program, whatever you want to call it. That's mm-hmm. just the breakdown of existence. We're just, we're just this thing sitting in the driver's seat, you know, operating the really, machine. Though? Are we really even driving? Are we really operating the machine? Or are we just along for the ride, man? Like, I don't know. We're going to get <laughs> deep again. I think other things are along for the ride. You no, know, maybe it's. <laughs> Maybe everybody's just along for the ride, you know. Maybe we're all just characters in someone's crazy dream, you know. I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah, it's I mean, sometimes it's overwhelming to think about things like this, you know. And and I especially with Hollow Earth stuff because there's a, still a lot of pushback, you know, from people who will be quick to label you as a nut job for thinking about it. And we're just as guilty. I mean, we were talking about flat Earth when we started, you know. And I think yeah, yeah. These people are insane, and they're and they're making money and capitalizing off of it. Not a lot. Nowadays, of people trying to capitalize off of hollow earth theory or inner earth theory, you know, you had the big wave in the late 1800s with, you know, the novels and things, Edadorpa being one of them, but it wasn't something that persisted. And I think there's something to that. Like, it's, it's almost like it's maybe silenced. We're getting too close. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I really feel like that's, that's what it is. And, uh, it was it was first thought of back in the 17th century in 1600s with Sir Edmund Haley, uh, who's famous for you know uh, Haley's Comet. And he was one of the first to really theorize that because of the magnetic poles and how they're constantly shifting and changing, that there has to be some t- something that is creating these this magnetic field that is around you know the Earth, and if you have a central energy source that is rotating slowly and you have the dome that is slowly rotating around it that is going to create your electromagnetic field i really think that the beings that live there just want to keep everybody on the surface out of it it is it is the garden of eden down there it is you know what the surface should be you know everything's uh, grows uh, faster and taller And I think that's due to the gravity. So, like, if you've ever, like, looked at somebody that you could consider a giant that, you know, has been photographed, you know, they're like 10 feet tall or whatever. What's a a symptom of these people? Typically, like, they have, like, over, like, um, developed joints. They have problems walking. Like, their whole body is almost dismorphed. Yeah, yeah. Perhaps their DNA was not meant to thrive on the outside, but on the inside. Yeah, that's an interesting take, man. Like um, this DNA that bleeds through or bled through from a long time ago that's just been laying dormant in, in people. And every once in a while it pops out and you have these cases of giganticism that, you know, Andre the Giant, he was he suffered his entire life because his body just kept growing. And when it physically couldn't grow anymore, then his insides kept growing and his joints kept growing. And he suffered traumatically because that type of growth is not sustainable with our gravity, but if he were in a zero gravity environment and he kept growing, who knows how big he would have got, you know, there's a, I think at one point he may still be, it may still be the record, like the tallest person in the world, according to the Guinness book of records was from Illinois. And he was super tall and super lanky, like really kind of lean. Really awkward looking. Yeah. Very awkward looking. And not just because he was so tall, but like just kind of, you know, spidery almost um you know i don't you know, know reports of giants from these stories of hollow earth and inner earth they're they're display they're described as just being very like relative to other people just bigger you know that not not to where like it looks like they they're having trouble standing up you know uh, but they're just i don't know their their size is relative yeah, yeah. does that make sense yeah 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 no, I, and I think maybe you're right. Maybe you're onto something there with it being the effects of gravity and the differences between surface gravity and inner surface gravity. I don't know, man. There's so much to unpack here and so many different ways to take this conversation. And I don't think we have time to hit all the things that I want to hit in this one episode. So I think well, we're, we're going to have to bring you back for another hit, another Cool, extra cool. episode sometime in the future yeah, man, this talk was more fun, about dude. this, this stuff. Was fun. I like so, BSing about shit, you know? 
Yeah, yeah. Let's, I let's hate work. that you're not here and I can't poke you with a needle or anything like that. Oh, we'll do that again soon. We'll do that again soon. We, but like, just to clarify, <laughs> you're not just going to poke me with any type of a needle. It's going to be a tattoo experience. Um, you know, there'll be yeah, no drugging. Yeah, like hundreds of times too. Yeah, dude. I'm going to no. be inside of you. Uh, well, your your tattooing work. <laughs> I'm going to drive this to another direction. Your tattooing work, um, you know, is great, and people can go and look at it on Instagram if you want to tell people about you know where they can find you online and know you're not a podcaster or an author or any of the typical type of people that usually come on my show that have different things to you know to plug. But you you do display your art regularly online so if you want to tell people where they can find that and where they can find you in real life maybe and set up an appointment and come and get some ink from you j joyce tattoos is instagram j joyce tattoos that's j-o-y-c-e and i'm in radcliffe kentucky it's scarlet rose come by we'll talk about some weird shit you want to talk about this and tell me how i'm full of shit let's do it i'll listen to you I love it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, if you're in the market for a tattoo and you're in the uh, Illinois, Indiana, Kentucky area, you know, just outside of Louisville. Did I say that? Did I say that right? Did I pronunciate that Louisville, right? Louisville, yeah. Louisville. 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 See, it's Louisville. <laughs> it's a Louisville slugger. It's not okay. a Louisville slugger. No. <laughs> all right. All right. I'm going to get into that debate. No, no, no. We won't. Um, we yeah, you come with my highest recommendation, man. Like, uh, just I had this super great time. Just laying back, letting you do whatever you were doing on my arm and talking about weird shit for a couple of hours. And uh, I'll definitely be back for some more, man, because it's about the whole experience, too. You know, it's not just the art. So weirdos like me, like you're the perfect candidate, man. Like it was a great time. Uh, I do want to say, man, for those that, you know, are interested in Hollow Earth, there are so many different like references, people that have written about it that you know, really break things down scientifically. I just can't retain all that knowledge. I read stuff and then, you know, I grab little bits and pieces. I think it was, uh, there was a really good book written by Rodney Clough. I think that was his name, but it's got tons and tons of stuff in there. Really cool stuff. And then there's all the uh, literature about, you know, people that have supposedly been inside and and then there's, you know, all the uh, the whistleblowers that have been in the, the government programs that talk about the underground tunnels and bases and caverns. And, you know, this shit ain't new. This, this yeah. shit has been around forever. And, you know, uh, many different uh, cultures have believed in uh, subterranean places and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, whenever next time you're out in the, out in the night sky looking at the stars... Look down and just imagine what's hundreds of miles below you. Hundreds of miles. I love it, man. I love it. I'm there for it. A hundred percent. You know, you should do like a blog or something, man. Like, you know, in between appointments during the day, blog about some of these stories and some of these articles that you come across. Uh, I could do that. I'm not much of a blogger. <laughs> I talk shit when I'm at work and Everybody at my uh, shop's sick and tired of hearing about this shit. So. <laughs> You're always welcome like, to the patio, brother. You're that always boy sure does love his aliens. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. I'm going to cut you loose, uh, and I'm looking forward to catching up with you again uh, really soon and getting some more ink in my skin down there. Cool, yeah. man. Yeah, absolutely. Let's looking do it, man. And Yeah, I'm totally down for a trip down to Somerset, man. Hell yeah. Good. When it warms up, we will go. Awesome. Well, man. well, Jason, man, it's good talking to you. Yes, you as well, man. Thank you so much for coming on the show and uh, really looking forward to what comes next, man. All of our archived episodes are available for free right now at patreon.com slash beyond the patio or on our YouTube channel. Follow us on social media. Give us a like if you don't mind. And if you have anything weird happen to you and you want to share the tale, hit me up at paranormalpatio at gmail dot com.